Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jackie Stewart podcast. How is everybody doing? I'm serious. How are you doing? The last few days have been hell on earth for me for a variety of reasons. For one, I am still recovering from the most horrible, painful ear infection that I've ever experienced. Um, the antibiotics are finally working. Like, you know, it's been a week now and I feel like I'm getting a little bit of my hearing back. The pain is more tolerable, um, but I'm, I'm still in the thick of it. Like I'm not over it yet, but that was definitely something that I had to navigate for the past seven days. And it's, it's been horrible. On top of that, both of my children were home because my daughter's daycare didn't start until this Monday. So, you know, being a full-time parent to a toddler and, uh, new toddler like my one-year-old is definitely not easy but thank god for husbands because he was definitely really helpful um he always is but you know especially when i'm not feeling well it's so good to have somebody on your side who doesn't make you feel worse or guilty or shameful or bad for needing to rest and just like really recovering like my husband is really awesome (laughs) um And then on top of that, I've definitely navigated like some really heavy trauma that came up the last few days that, you know, has to do with finances as I'm healing like my financial trauma. And I'm like, unfortunately, going deeper into it in order to heal. Um, It's it's been very difficult the last few days, but I feel like I'm coming out of that out of that um, trauma loop. So today I woke up feeling a little bit more optimistic better and just safer in my body and around my finances so that's a good thing but yeah how are you guys doing maybe you can check in with yourself a little bit shoot me a message on Instagram and let me know how you're doing you know I love to connect with you guys um but talking about today's episode it's actually a little bit interesting because the topic's a little bit different than what I'm usually talking about and you know that is to be expected as somebody who's like multi-passionate like I am um but it was a couple of days ago that I'm randomly I randomly started thinking about like abusive relationships and the one that I had been in when I was 18 years old and then all of a sudden I was like I should do an episode around that I should record something around like you know, coming out of abusive relationships, whether they're romantic or not, right? You can be in very abusive relationships with your parents, friends, co-parents. My husband definitely had a very abusive co-parenting relationship with the mother of his first son. So there's all types of relationships that can be abusive on different levels, right? Physical, emotional, financial, mentally, spiritual. Let's not talk about, I mean, let's talk about it, but let's uh, not forget to mention religion that can be abusive. Um, and the, the relationship that I left and the way I left it was really like (sighs) aligned, like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff was aligned for me and, you know, set up so that I can really leave this relationship. But then there was also a lot of things that came after that I didn't expect. And I just really felt like, you know, I have gone through this. I have literally survived this. I mean, the abuse itself but then also coming out of it so why wouldn't I why would I not make an episode about like what what worked for me but more so things I wish I had known before I left him okay and just for reference like in this episode I am going to talk about a romantic relationship between a woman and a man but like I said it can be transferred to any genders if it's romantic or even any type of relationship 
Okay. And just to give you a little bit of background story. So when I was 18, um, well, I actually wasn't my very first relationship from 15 to 18, but then at the end of our relationship, it started to become a little dysfunctional because he was really angry about me going furthering my education while he was just working at a restaurant and stuff and I just felt like okay we needed to break up like things weren't working out anymore but instead of having the guts to actually leave the relationship I started cheating on him with somebody that I met at my new job while I was going to school um and that guy that I met that I started cheating with then became my new relationship um and I was with him from 18 to 21 so a total of three and a half years and it was very abusive. Like, I remember after a few dates or so, he started telling me that he was an alcoholic. And, you know, I remember thinking that's a red flag and then still ignoring it. And it wasn't, it was two months into our relationship when he hit me the first time. But back then, I guess I was really addicted to the apologies and everything that came after he hit me. You know, that I'm sorry, I love you, and I'm never going to do that again. So instead of like really drawing the boundary there, I mean, I was angry at him for a couple of days, didn't really talk to him. But instead of like, you know, keeping the boundary and leaving him right then and there, I was addicted to what he was giving me in order to repair, quote unquote, what he did. And, you know, he really seemed very sorry the first time around. So and he was drunk when it happened. Not that that's an excuse, but I thought, OK, maybe that would be the only time. And I'm not going to go into too much detail of it. But no, that was not the only time he continued to hit me throughout the entirety of a relationship over things that weren't even my fault, things that could have been my fault. But still, you don't hit people. Right. Like and it, it it was sometimes it was just like a smack on my head or my face. And other times he would drag me across the room and like really beat on me. Um, on top of that, you know, I also felt very forced to have sex with him. Um, there was also there was so much resentment and hate in in me as we continued this relationship that, you know, I just I didn't want to be intimate with him. But, you know, there was a lot of fear around that. On top of that, he abused me and forced me to work insane hours because he was the, the owner of the pizza delivery store that I worked for. Like it was his store. So sometimes I'd have to work 13 hours a day. Not sometimes. No, no, no. What am I talking about? That was the regular shift. 13 hours on top of no 10 hours on top of going to school in the morning. And on the weekend, it was literally 14 hours. No days off. The only time that I was getting off was when I had to do things for school. I wasn't allowed to see family. I wasn't allowed to see friends. And through that, he also, you know, abused me financially because he, I mean, he was my boss, so he would pay me money. But because we were together, he kind of like kept his hand on that and he would just give me whatever I needed. But never, I never really had ownership around, on, uh, of my money. And, you know, with that came also emotional abuse. Um, he was seeing somebody else when he was dating me, like he was still very much in love with his ex-girlfriend. He made it very um, known to me that he didn't love me, that he loved this person. And, you know, but I was so broken. I literally walked into his arms from a very abusive upbringing with my alcoholic father. So I was broken, broken, broken. And, you know, he was just proving what I already told myself that 
I'm not shit. I'm not good enough. I never will be good enough. I'm not lovable. I don't deserve good things. I'm meant to suffer. Like this relationship just confirmed everything that I subconsciously believed about myself. Um, but yeah, so within these three and a half years, I tried to leave him twice. Once in the middle of the night, I called a coworker of mine who became a friend and, you know, she knew he was being abusive. So she picked me up, but it wasn't even a full night. And I went back to him because I was just so scared. Mind you, because I was so attached to him, like I needed him for my financial security. I didn't know where to go outside of him. I didn't have money. And going back home actually was worse than staying with him because my dad was an alcoholic himself. He, we barely had money and I just didn't feel like going back home. So uh, the fear crept up of like, okay, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? So I went back and I don't know when, but at one point I tried to leave again. I called another friend. She picked me up in the middle of the day though, all of my clothes. And I went back to her house and she lived with her parents. Like she had her own apartment. And they were all like, you cannot go back. You're not going back. You can stay here for as long as you want to. And I stayed the night. But again, the next day, fear and everything came up. So I may may have stayed another day or two, but I definitely went back. Um, and then the final time when I really left was when it really started to build inside of me the strength to leave and also really the desire to no longer be with him. Um you know, to stop trying to make him love me and to like just finally leave and do something else and all of these things. So as the strength was building, I applied for some financial um, support um, because I was still going to school. And randomly, like I said, things just started aligning for me, right? A friend of mine said, hey, I'm trying to get an apartment, but I need a roommate. Do you know somebody? And I was like, well, what about me? And that's when I opened up to her about all of the abuse that I was going through because I didn't tell anybody. Coworkers of mine knew because they knew he was an alcoholic and, you know, sometimes he would beat me in front of them. But outside of them, like family or close friends, none of them knew um, because I was just too scared to tell them. You know, um, so, but, you know, when she told me she was looking for somebody, I finally opened up to her and we started looking for apartments. And in this whole time frame, he also started talking to this woman. Mind you, he was East Indian. So his parents wanted an arranged marriage for him with an Indian woman. So over the three years that we were together, they would continue continuously tell him, you have to marry, you have to marry. Look at these women like they want to marry you. We've already set it up with their families, like pick one. And he finally came to that point of like, okay, maybe I just have to obey and do it. So he was like looking at women to marry, even though he never wanted to be married to an Indian woman. And he was thinking, okay, I can marry that woman, but we and I, you and I can still be together on the side. Um, so when I told him, hey, you know what? I think I want to move out. I kind of like put it under the premise of, I know you're getting married. I want you and your wife to have a home, blah, blah, all this bullshit. And, you know, we'll stay in touch. Like, that's how I put it because I just, I needed support in terms of like, I needed to buy furniture with my money that he held, right? And I was, I was too afraid of conflict with him. So, and he actually was on board. He was like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. On top of that, I found a job in the new city that I moved to, which was closer to where my school was. Um, so things just really started lining up. And here's the thing. When I thought of leaving him, 
every single time, even the final time, I thought it was just, oh my God, this is the hardest part. This is so hard. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. All of these things came up, even though things were aligning, right? Once I decided that I was going to leave. And this is actually the first thing I think is so important to keep in mind when you are trying to leave a toxic relationship, like an abusive relationship, or, you know, you're just setting very strong, firm boundaries around like parents or something is as hard as it seems, leaving is the easiest part. And honestly, it's just the first step. Like it may be a huge step. It may be this, please take all the time in the world to celebrate yourself for doing what you need to do. But keep in mind, oftentimes that is just the first step. And again, I do want to reiterate, 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 reiterate what I'm saying here is from my experience, right? Those are not universal laws or truth or steps to follow, but these are things that really helped me um, as I was navigating all of this. And, um, what was the other thing? Oh, okay. So that is just the easiest and the first step, like really keep in mind. And then if you do have it, like support, whether that's a therapist, friends, your family, um, you know, if it's, if you're trying to stop talking to your family cause they're abusive, your friends, or like I, like I said, really a therapist have support in place. That's number two, have support in place, preferably before you decide to leave that person or cut contact with that person, have support in place that help you stay strong, that help you with the move, that help you um, keep you company, okay? Because especially, I want to say the first month, you will need a lot of emotional support. Um, and then the third thing that I think is so important to know it is very likely that the abusive person will start talking, behaving, and acting like you've always wanted them to. Like finally, now that you're leaving them, that you're cutting the ties, all of a sudden they tell you how much they love you, how sorry they are, how they want to change, all of these things, how you've always been right, all the things that you can do together and how important you are, blah, blah, blah very likely that all of that shit comes up. And I just need you to know, do not trust it. Do not trust them behaving like angels all of a sudden. Do not trust them when your brain tells you, oh my God, finally, this is what I've been wanting the entire time. Please do not trust it. The fourth thing that I think is really important to remember, it is also very likely that things will get out of control and more dangerous after you left that person. So just to go back a little bit, because I think I forgot to mention that I told him I was going to move out, but his perception was that we would still be together or in touch. And after I had moved out, um, like the first week, maybe the second week or so, he had texted me something that made me feel like I was just a whore to him. Like you ain't shit to me. I just, you know, you're just a side chick to me that I was at work at my new job and I texted him, we're done, no more. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going to block your number and all of these things. Like, so even though I had moved out with my understanding that we were done, he didn't think we were going to be done. And then two weeks later, I made it clear that we were done. And that's when things got really out of control. Because when abusers realize that they do know that they no longer have control over you, 
they feel powerless. They feel hopeless and helpless. That's when they try to move mountains to get to gain control back over you. And that's what he tried with like pictures of me in underwear. Because he was saying stuff like I will post all of this on Facebook and all of these things. And, you know, he was really trying to um, um, gain control back over me. He would tell me that he would, you know, drain my bank accounts. He would steal all of my money and all of these things. And the bad part was because... I needed his support when I moved. He knew where I was moving. So things really got out of control. First, he just started to do all of this. I love you. I'm sorry. Please come back and we can do this. I'm not going to marry her. I want you. You're the best. Oh, my God. How could I have not seen this all these years? Blah, blah, yada, yada stuff. And when I did not fall for that, it turned into violence. It turned into threats. It turned into showing up at my living like my new apartment showing up at my new work calling my new work calling all of my friends terrorizing my phone like phone calls 24 7 to this day I have over 90 90 numbers blocked in my phone because he would call me from whatever number he could get I have at least 20 accounts on Instagram blocked because he would create false accounts to stay in touch with me so things really got out of control um and at some point i think i don't even i I honestly don't really remember remember but when he started visiting my house i think i did put a restraining order in place i can't fully remember but um yeah so but he did show up at my apartment at my work he called my work over and over again he called friends and family he tried to get my new number from other friends he like i said he he called me 20 terrorized me i had to block him on on social media and my phone like really really horrible and now i'm saying this from a place of like yeah this is what happened but in the midst of it i just need you to know i was fucking terrified for my life i really was because i knew what he could do i mean he had hit me for years and you know when he was drunk he was fucking angry So, and you know, sometimes people, even if they don't physically want to hurt you or kill you or something, they may have something in their hands against you, something about you that they know, maybe also some nude pictures. I don't know what it is that if they're using that and say, if you don't do this, then I'm going to use that against you. And I need you to know that you have, if that's the case, you need to get to a point where you're like, I don't care, use it against me. Like make that thing that scares you about, oh my God, what if they do this? Make that your friend so that they no longer have something against you. Because I remember when he was threatening me with all of these pictures that he was gonna post, at some point I said, go ahead, don't forget to tag me. And it no longer had any power over me. And even if it's money, that was another thing. He stole $16,000 euros from me, dollars, euros, whatever. And at first I was like, oh my God, no, I need this money. I need this money. But when he took it, I was like, take it. If that means you leave me alone, take the fucking money. I can make money. I don't, I have, you know, I have a job. I'm going to school. I'm getting financial support. I have the things in my apartment that I need. Go fucking take that money. It's just money. I don't want you in my life anymore. So if somebody's threatening you with finances, please tell them, go ahead take that money go on vacation I don't give a shit okay because whatever they have whatever they have in their hand against you is not more important than you taking back your power taking back this no 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 you can no longer do this with me 
Um, I know things are a little different, and I'm just going to say it here. If children are involved, right, like if somebody's threatening to use your child or whatever, and I mean, I haven't gone through this myself. Um, my husband has to a certain extent. Um, but when it comes to that, all I can say is legal custody. Like, you know, get get law enforcement involved, the courts involved, like, you know, t um, screenshot whatever threatening messages you get or whatever, um, just so you have evidence. And the last thing, and I think that was a really important um, thing that I, I wish I would have known before I left him is to expect an overwhelming amount of grief, sadness, guilt, and fear to creep up. All of the emotions, all of a sudden you start missing that person. All of a sudden you feel so guilty because how can you do that? Whether that's your parent or um, a co-parent or maybe a best uh, old best friend or yeah, like your romantic partner. All of a sudden you feel guilty because, oh my God, like they, they go through so much too and you should just be more understanding and no, 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 no. Do not buy into that. Now, with everything that I know about emotions, I can just tell you that everything that you're going to feel after are just emotions. They don't mean nothing. They don't mean that you did something wrong. They don't mean that you did something that you shouldn't have done. They don't mean that you need to go back. They don't mean that, oh, I miss him, so I probably should go back to him or her or my parents, whatever it is. No, no, and no. Emotions are just emotions, and they're just coming up to be felt. Now, I wish I would have known that back then because I did not have the capacity to feel. In fact, the very first night that I stayed in my own apartment, I had a major panic attack in my, in my bed. And I was so scared of like, what am I going to do? I'm lonely. I'm never going to find somebody again. This is really over. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. And like that I drove back in the middle of the night to be with him. But when I woke up the next morning, I was like, yeah, no, that's it. So that was the only night that I really drove back. Um, but, you know, all of this fear came up, the fear of the unknown of the future of how are things going to be turn out? Am I ever going to fall for somebody else? Am I ever going to find somebody who's not abusive? Right. All of this fear came up and then guilt came up because he was heavily abused by his family. I mean, like I said, not because he's East, East Indian, but there is a big part of their culture that is still very abusive. And his part of family culture definitely was for one, the arranged marriages, you know, a lot of anger, fear um, based parenting from his parents. His uncle was a piece of shit that abused him um, who left close to where we lived. So I understood that he was just reacting out of his own trauma. But and I can have compassion for him. Like I can even forgive him. You can forgive that person for what they're doing based on what they know or don't know. But that doesn't mean you have to go back. It does not mean you have to lower your boundaries for them. Even if they're your parent, please stop. Please. It's more important. Not even, okay, this is another part. If you have a parent that you're trying to cut ties with, but you also have children and you feel guilty because, oh, this is their grandparent. Fuck this. Fucking fuck this. Seriously. They don't need a fucking parent or grandparent that is fucking abusive to you that had that had that caused you your childhood hell on earth or whatever it was just so that they could say they have a grandparent. Fuck this shit. Seriously. They're better off without them. 
and you are better off without them okay so if it's guilt if it's fear if it's sadness grief grief for what you've always wanted but never had grief for you know a relationship ending even though it was abusive feel it feel your emotions just be with them do not surpass them suppress them do not distract from them do not push them down but use somatic practices nervous system regulation techniques to increase your capacity to feel your emotions okay and with all of that just know that every single day that goes by you're becoming a little stronger and things are going to be a little bit better right and you know it it took a few months for me i mean i left i moved out in january of 20 was it 13 i think so and by March 2013, I already felt a lot of better. So it took a few months for sure. But, you know, it was also very extremely abusive. And, you know, sometimes I think romantic relationships can just be a little bit more confusing than like parent relationships. Excuse me. But just know that, you know, you're going to be okay. You are okay. Really count on the support that you have. And do not make your emotions mean anything about you, but just feel them. All right, that's all I have for you today. Um, I'm so glad I recorded this. That was really, really good. I hope it's going to help somebody. Um, yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to me. Let me know um, on Instagram at the.jackiestewart. Um, rate this episode. Share it with somebody who could use it. You know, I really hope that these things, these this awareness will help somebody else as they're going through navigating abusive relationships. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.